0: morning good afternoon and good evening my name is adam and today uh guess what i'm talking to myself and uh, i wanted to talk about what ifs and if onlys and um just alternate scenarios in life that we might often play in our heads uh i found out recently that this is called counterfactual thinking and there's what's called upward counterfactual thinking and there's downward counterfactual thinking and funny enough the downward factual counterfactual thinking happens to be the better one of the two uh, so that's kind of an interesting thing. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, I also want to go into some of my own personal experiences with what-ifs and if-onlys. And wondering just how productive I've been um, with, with some of these things. And also how fortunate I feel with others. Um, and maybe you feel the same. Maybe you've also been through, through these. Um, but funny story about how I come up with um, researching this a little bit. Uh, When I say researching, like loosely enough, loosely enough that way I can have some discussion and not just read you a boring article. Um, I will say that this whole thing got started from watching an episode of Scrubs, and um, I don't think I've ever said this on the show before, but Scrubs is pretty much my all-time favorite TV show, my favorite sitcom. I think it's so funny and witty, and while it's cheesy at times, it's just, it's, it's, it's just lovely. And um, it's a medical... I don't say call it a lot of drama, but its it's got drama in it. It's got some heart-wrenching moments. It's got some death. It's got life. It's got comedy. Uh, it's got a fun guest stars. But anyway, that's not what this is about. So they had an episode um, where... Um, the episode is narrated by the main character, uh, J.D., who usually has this inner running monologue in his head. And he was talking about how... You know, essentially, they were talking about the butterfly effect, but in a weird way. They said a butterfly flapping its wings could change the outcome of like a lot of events. And the the show opens with um, JD and his best friend Turk, who is uh, another who's a surgeon there at the hospital. They're sitting at this front desk, or they're standing at this front desk with uh, Turk's girlfriend, who is uh, behind the desk. And uh, the butterfly uh, is about to land on one of two people in the waiting room. One of them is a very attractive young woman who has, she's very busty and is wearing a very tight shirt and her, her breasts are pretty much popping out of this shirt, right? And the other one is an overweight, uh, uh, hairy chested man, um, and like very raggy clothes. And, uh, so they're kind of watching this butterfly kind of careen towards one of, one of them. And finally, it takes a sharp left and lands on the very attractive woman's chest. And so the boys start being like, oh, yeah, hillside landing. And they're like kind of fist bump in and be like, yeah, you know, he's got good taste at butterfly or whatever. Um, and the girl from behind the desk gets very upset and just says, you know, I'm like right here. What are you doing? Like you're, you're all pigs or whatever. And it sets off a series of things that like the surgeon or the doctor or the other people that work their need or, or maybe they're trying to find something that... Uh, it's kind of hard to explain but there's a series of events that kind of transpire that ultimately lead to um this patient later dying like there's what there's one little girl who wants her stuffed animal she can't find it the one doctor tries to recruit the help of somebody and because he's busy due to another event that happened he couldn't help her and they also missed a missed a, a sign for this one patient who has a very serious heart problem uh and they don't find it in time and you know he doesn't make it um and so through this whole episode there's like this kind of replaying of just like ah because this happened um this whole day started off differently everybody was feeling differently they were not thinking the same way they made decisions based off of different emotions they were feeling versus something else and then they replay the episode where the butterfly lands on the hairy man's chest and they're all like, ugh, bah, hillside landing, uh, I guess that's where you want to go. And because they were watching that so intently, they actually hadn't noticed the attractive woman on the left. And then the funny enough, the girlfriend says, how are you staring at him when there's this beautiful jugs of poppin' woman over there that you'd be, like, gushing over? And uh, then they're like, oh, how did we miss that? And the girl says, you're whipped, right? And that's why you don't, you don't notice women anymore. Um... And so then a whole other series of events transpires, starting with the woman, the girlfriend, who now is in a much more positive attitude, um, makes different decisions, and then it affects those other things. But the story is that ultimately at the end, no matter what happened, no matter what decisions that you made, like this, the, this, the patient that dies at the end, they actually found the disease. They, you know, the, the main character, J.D., ends up in an elevator just by happenstance because of the story playing something different and he hears doctors talking about this disease, and he's like, oh, maybe that's it. They explore that disease, find out that's not it, but because they were in the CAT scanner looking for certain things, they found the main disease instead that they wouldn't have guessed that it was. So they're like, "Ah, oh, we're feeling good. We go and do it. And they go through this whole thing, uh, and the girl with the who wants her stuffed animal, she's happy, so that's part of the happy ending. But then uh, the gentleman who, at the end, still dies um, just because they, you know, the disease had progressed too far and they, they couldn't... Couldn't save him and um, you know they kind of play through this whole thing like well what if this so then they start thinking well what if what if something else had happened like what if things were different what if we had done this and so no matter which outcome it was the guy still died but uh, some of the people at the end of the story were thinking what if like what if something had been different what, what could we have done better what could have changed and the story ultimately is that sometimes no matter which if that you get to the endings are still going to be the same there are going to be some things that will be different, but there are also going to be some things that are concretely... They're just what's going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I took... I started thinking about this, because I'd seen this episode dozens of times by now. I've, it's my favorite show, and, uh, you know, I wasn't recording a podcast last I saw this episode until recently. And I thought, yeah, that's, thats like, huge. That's a big psychological and soci—social, uh, socially common thing. Um... So I did a little bit of research about what-ifs and if-onlys and found out that they call it counterfactual um, counterfactual thinking, um, uh, at least in, into some word. Counter, there's upward and downward, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and so I want to kind of discuss that a little bit. Uh, first of all, um, I've been experiencing my own what-ifs lately. Um, I mentioned in a previous episode how I've been going through a breakup with somebody that I work with, and they've moved on, and I'm having a lot of trouble, and I've been playing in my mind a lot about, like, well, what if I had said this when we were at our worst, like when things were really hard, and if I had done X, Y differently, or if I had said this instead of that, or if I, had, if I had listened to this more instead of trying to be heard with my point here, would things be different? And in some ways, you know, after thinking about this today, that some things would be different, but would the end result still be the same? Now, I'm not saying this will be the case every time, but would it be the same? Would we ultimately have led to breaking up and this was just the thing that made us break up? Um, and that's kind of a weird pill to swallow, but like, as I've been thinking about this today and even as I'm talking about it now, I'm thinking maybe no matter what I would have done differently, you know... It, those demons were still there they would have just resurfaced somewhere else um we would have just had that problem somewhere else um maybe maybe the result would have been the same it just would have been something else that caused it and caused us to communicate poorly who knows i mean i might be wrong we may still be happily together now and everything would be great but now that i'm seeing things like this a little bit more i'm starting to wonder if maybe maybe that's what needed to happen as much as that sucks and I'm still working through it, there's a what-if that I think is a positive. And that's actually what they call downward um, counter counterfactual thinking. And so some examples that they give in this article I have here, it's through Psychology Today. Um, they talk about like, uh, I wish I had... Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. This is upward. I was reading I was reading the wrong ones. So downward, downward is like... Um, I'm glad I chose to move to California on a whim when I was in my 20s. At the time, it was crazy and stressful, but now I have a great family and a great job, and I surf five days a week. You know, you look back and you're like, you know, that was really difficult. That was a crazy idea. Like, part of me felt like I shouldn't have done that, but here I am. Life is better. Or another example they give is, I'm grateful that I left my husband and ended up with Harold. That was stressful things were tricky, uh, I, I missed him for a long time, but I would have stayed miserable if I stayed with him any longer. If I kept staying with him, my life would be so much more, you know, more painful. Um, you know, and, and, and you kind of look back and you think, like, yeah, that was hard, but I'm better off. Things could have been worse. So it's called, uh, it's called downward counterfactual thinking. When you look back on something and you kind of give it more of a, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You give it more of a concrete um, evaluation, a fair evaluation, and you ultimately say, you know what? I'm better off. I'm better off. Life could have been a lot worse if. So there's a what if there kind of hidden in the midst of it where you're like, if I had stayed with him or if I had stayed in my home state or you know, if I had not blah. Um, so that's, that's what they call downward counterfactual thinking. Uh, and typically... You look at these things that may have dredged up negative feelings, but you become more motivated because of those negative feelings. Um, you know, because ultimately they lead to more positive emotions later. Where you're like, you kind of have to relive through it for a minute, and then realize that you conquered it. Realize that you you feel in your heart that you made the right decision. And so that, while those what ifs are interesting, they're not where your heart is. They're not what you want. Um, so you're, taking, you're putting a positive spin on something that, to you, seemed like it was bad or counterproductive or, or negative in general. Um, and then, of course, upward counterfactual uh, uh, counterfactual thinking is, is where you would say something along the lines of, like, I wish I had taken another job instead of the one I'm in when I was in my 20s. I have no idea what I was thinking. My life would be way better. You know, if I had just taken that job, why didn't I take that job? Why didn't I just do that? Life would be better. Life, ah, I'm just stuck now. Um, or they have another one here that said, if I had gotten into that play when I was in high school, then I would have gotten into theater, more, a greater theater program than the one I'm in now, or the, than in the college that I'm in now. Um, those are some emotions that this article, emotions, excuse me, examples, <laughs> also emotions that this article has, um, And so so they kind of, they explore these a little bit and and typically upward counterfactual thinking is a lot more depressing and downward is a lot more motivating. Um, And so, like, they talk about upward a little bit and they say that ruminating on upward uh, counterfactual thinking can lead to uh, many different cases of depression. Um, And uh, they say... um, when, when you're always in, they characterize it by saying, like, I messed up. I messed up. I didn't make the right decision. Um, it apparently takes more of a toll on your mind and your heart than you, than you realize. And um, I mean, I guess you don't really think about it. Like, I guess, I guess some of these things, it makes sense that would make you depressed. Like, you also get depressed where you're like, well, if only I had done this. You know, if only I had done that. So I like to think of the upward counterfactuals as if onlys. Like, if only I had done this. If only I had stayed with this guy. Or if only I had taken that job. If onlys typically are more depressing if you think about it. Even if you say it in a comedic way, there's still some sort of level of... There's a level of anxiety that comes along with it because maybe part of you starts to think, Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe, if only... Maybe my life would be better if I had done this. So if onlys, I say them that way just because if only definitely has that kind of negative spin to it. So it helps me remember the two. And what ifs are are usually are usually the other ones, the downward ones. Um, now maybe they're not necessarily what ifs, but more like I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for these. I'm grateful that I didn't do this. Those are those are conquers. Those are those are conquests more like I should say there's a conquest that I have that I have that I can that I can dwell on in a positive light um, you know and I like to go back through these because there's some that you know like I, I talked before about um, how did I end up with the job I have you know right right now I teach people how to dance I teach them how to partner dance I teach them how to move together and to build their self-esteem and uh, I remember growing up I had a lot of teachers, especially my social studies teacher. i never forget Mr. G. Always um, oh, said, Adam, you'd be a good teacher, man. Uh, you know, I had another another teacher that we called Pete. Uh, Pete also told me the same thing. He says, I don't know. I always struggled in high school to with career tests and, and guidance counselor visits just because when we talked about the future, I never knew what I wanted. And every time I took a test or an evaluation that was to... Help me figure out what my future was going to be. I always got different results. And that always made me sad. That made me just... You know. The only one that ever was somewhat consistent. Was being a writer. And maybe... Nothing, I, know I wrote my share of stories. Some not so good. Some I think was okay. But. Nothing ever was inspiring. And I always felt very underwhelmed. With all my results. And thinking just like. I'm going to be a nobody. I'm going to be nothing. I'm not. You know. And so even though I had all these people back then saying, Adam, you'd be a teacher. You know, I had one teacher that scarred me because he said, well, you know, you get the summers off, which is nice, but you have to work a lot at home, and sometimes you have to grade papers and projects and lug them all into your house and do all these things and it's really stressful And teachers don't make as much money as they should. And I think that stuck in my brain. I always stayed away from it, you know, and here I am now teaching people, maybe not in a traditional sense, but I'm teaching people and they were right. You know, I, I do have a knack for, for getting to people in a way that allows them to hear new information or to process it better. Um, maybe not everybody, but more people than I ever thought that I could. And I look back and I think, I think, what if I had, what if I had pursued one of those other careers that I got? You know, one, one of them, one of them said something along the lines of um, some sort of like industrial work, something with uh, like building like machines for factories or something i was at the time i was very good at math and so i think i got a lot of like oh you could be at like a uh an industrial uh man i wish i could remember the whole thing but essentially was like oh you could you could design the machines that work in the factories and i'm like cool (laughs) that sounds great what if i just stuck with that what would my life be like you know i don't know i can't say that i i don't think that my life would necessarily be better but I don't know if it would be worse either, because like, I, don't, I don't know what that would be. But then I think, what do I have now versus the unknown that would be if I had run with one of those and just pursued that? I'd probably be making more money than I make now. But would I be happier? Would I be? Would I have met the people I have? Because some of the people in my life now, I couldn't imagine not having. And, you know, sometimes luck throws people in your way. But, you know, I may have met some other fantastic people. It's so hard to imagine my life without them now. These people that I have, the people I work with. Because then you start to wait. You're like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't. I would have never met my current ex, and I would have had to go through that. But then you might have met somebody else and gone through those other things and went through those relationships. And I'm like, what if? What if I had just waited it out instead of, you know, doing that? Uh, I remember when I went to college, fresh out of high school. That's one where I look back and I think, like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gone to college right out. I shouldn't. Have, I went because everybody told me I should, when I didn't even know what I wanted to do. But I went to an art school because my girlfriend was going there, and because I thought that that's what you do. You graduate from high school, you go to college, or you're a nobody. And they put, they they make that so abundantly clear in high school, at least when I was younger in in, in high school, that you know I was just like well I gotta go to college, and that was a big mistake. And now I have debts from that school that I'm still paying off. And I have no degree to show for it, because I was not passionate about anything there, and I was miserable, and I stuck it out for a while, and I ended up hating it. And, you know, I think, man, you know, there's one of those one of those if-onlys. I'm like, well, if only I just, like, waited longer. If only I just didn't go to that stupid freaking art, art school and chase my girlfriend there just so I could be with her. Like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Um... But you know what? Who's to say that I wouldn't have done that elsewhere at another time? And while I have the debt to, to show for it now, who knows what butterfly effect that would have had? You know, if I didn't go to college, what what would my relationship been like with my girlfriend then? Would things have been better? Maybe I'd have stayed with her. You know, we we spent almost every waking moment together. We went to college together. She went to the same school, and we lived together. So, you know, maybe if I hadn't gone, maybe we'd have been together. Maybe things would have been different. Maybe we would have missed each other more. Who knows what that would be? Um, And so I think it's it's easy to get stuck on the beginnings of the if-onlys, where I think if you really kind of stretch it out and you look at it logically, a lot of them make more sense. These if-onlys sometimes are only ever going to be that. But also I think if-onlys can be motivating if you can look at them logically. So looking back at them now, again, let's talk about the, the, the art school, I went to an art school because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought, you know what? I'll try graphic design because that's the way the world works. That's where light, the world is going. Everything's computers now. Everything is computer generated and computer driven, and and graphic design is, you know, wh- where it is. And maybe that'll get me into website development or, or I don't know, something more artsy. Um, and I chased it and was miserable and. I look back on it and I think, yeah, I have the debt. I'm still paying for that. <laughs> but, um, but what did I learn? You know, while I, at the time, it took me many years to get over my first relationship, which that girl I, I chased out of high school was my first major relationship. Um, I learned a lot from, from being single for a very long time. So. And I think that because I went to that school and we spent every waking moment together, I think we did grow tired of each other. I think we did... I think I pushed her into the arms of the Internet because I introduced her to all these things. And because we're together all the time, like we talked about it all the time, and I think maybe... Maybe if I had stuck around and didn't go to college, maybe, maybe things would have been different. Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't have lived with her. But all of that led, I think... To the relationship ending shortly thereafter, and while it took me several years—and you know, it's a little bit embarrassing—but it took me almost six years to pick up the pieces because I just didn't know how to date. Uh, but that's another episode for another time. Um, but it took me a long time to get over the heartbreak because just it all had happened so quickly, and I'm very grateful for that because I was single for a very long time. Um, and a dry spell for a very, very long time, years. And, um, I'm grateful for it because I learned a lot about appreciating myself. I learned a lot about being okay with being single. I learned a lot about how dating apps at the time sucked and how, like, it only made me feel worse about myself to have them. Um, I learned a lot about, uh being able to focus more on my friends, because when I was with her, I focused more on her than I did on anyone else, and I was very grateful for the relationships that I developed and friendships that I reconnected and places I went, and while other tragedies did ensue, um, I learned more about me. I learned more about myself, and hadn't I chased this girl to, to college, I don't know where the relationship would have gone. I mean, it might have been very similar but I very much feel looking back on it now that we spent too much time together and it forced me into this situation and and again, just like I mentioned my current ex um, who's to say that that relationship wouldn't have ended just later anyway which is not to say, oh I'd still be with her now, and looking back on that too that, that probably isn't for the best at all seeing where she is and where I am and how we definitely wouldn't have been meshing well and um I'm grateful, I'm very grateful that I went through all that pain. I went through... So, see, because then it turns from an if-only into something more positive. So then it starts as, a, as an upward counterfactual thought. And then if you look at it logically, it starts to turn to a downward one. And again, remember, the upward ones are the if-onlys where you think, like, if only I'd done this, life would be better. Versus the what-ifs, the downwards, where you're just like, hey, I'm glad I didn't do this. What if I had stayed with him? That would have been terrible. I'm so happy now. Um so then it turns from if only I didn't go to that art institute I wouldn't have so much debt but see and here's the but but if I had stayed there if I had gone through that um, just for even like another year and then decided that I hated it because I was already struggling I'd been further in debt I wouldn't have gone through what I did with my relationship. I wouldn't have appreciated myself more. Self-care is so important to me now. I understand the value of being single and self-love. Um, I wouldn't. Ha- I don't know if I would have that same appreciation because I was. I was so young and stupid. I, I mean, I'm still young and stupid. <laughs> I was much younger and stupid uh, then too. Um, but that's so interesting to. To go back and reflect on those things and. Yeah. You know, I'd say the what ifs that scare me the most now. I don't know what to call these, although I get very afraid of them. um, Are the what ifs where, like, when I'm in a conversation with somebody and my brain starts coming up with what ifs for the moment? The most severe one I've ever thought of was when I was, uh, (laughs) I used to work at a computer repair shop uh, for, it was a real small starter one and it ended up not being successful. But I remember a sweet old lady came in and she was asking me some questions. And I wasn't the technician, but I was like the technician's assistant. And so she was asking me some questions. I was the only one in the shop at the time. And I remember she was telling me a story about her son and how he's starting to work on computers too. He's fresh into college and all these things. I oh, know it's her grandson, excuse me. And um, I remember sitting there being like, what if I just punched her like right in the head? Not, not because I have any ill feelings toward her. She's very nice to me. She's very sweet. But my brain starts coming up with these weird chaotic situations of like, what would happen what would what would you know? Futuristically, what would what would shift? How would this affect my life if just for some reason my brain imagined me striking this woman in the head, and so I hit her in the head, and then what happens? You know, do the police come? Does she fight me back? Is she like a kung fu master? Um, you know, how does this affect my long term? Do I end up in jail? That's going to be on my record. What, all sorts of things? I think cause I'm just so curious. Um, you know, one time. I had, a, I, had a, uh, I, was, I had an incident at a store where somebody somebody started talking at me. They thought that they knew who I was, and so they started talking at me a lot. As if they knew, you know, I'm, t- I'm trying to be polite, and but they're talking a mile a minute. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's cool, or whatever. And then they're like, oh, well, you're, you're not Brian. Okay, never mind, I'm sorry. And then they're like, but since we're already talking, and they continue talking, right? And I'm just like, and I'm friendly, I don't care, I love meeting people I'll let you talk at me At some point I'm just like, you know, I gotta go You know, and so And this woman Had a bit of like a country accent to her Uh, It's kind of like country But also city, I guess it's You know, where they talk like this Um, I guess it's more country But there are some people that live in the city that talk that way too But anyway My brain was imagining If I was gonna start imitating what she was doing um and her husband was there and he talked the same but you know and he's just like whatever he's behind her just like flapping his fingers like blah 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 yeah you know my wife likes to talk but here I'm thinking if I start doing that if I start going yeah well you need I need to go you know just because my brain thinks her accent is fascinating like my, I thought about doing that like my brain was just like what would, what would be happen if you what would happen if you just started talking in their accent you know, not because I want to hurt anybody's feelings but my brain is so curious as to what if what if I had done that what if I do this right now in the present would her husband kick my ass would I break somebody's heart would I offend her would she even notice if I said well I gotta go you know how would this affect their day even if my day wasn't inherently affected after that how did it affect their day maybe they would realize they were offended later or that somebody's mocking them what you know, how would this affect the rest of their day and their attitude towards other people or even towards strangers anymore i don't know you know and then you know so i just i just imagine these things you know like and then i imagine other people doing things so like i was working one day um, also at the computer repair shop and there was this guy who was really angry that he couldn't find his homepage on msn.com you know he was very obsessed with his homepage he thought the computer was broken but he just changed his homepage and he brought it in, and it was, it was a whole thing. And I remember, was, all he kept saying was, where's the homepage? Where's the homepage? That's literally, and I'm not kidding, he's like a Pokemon. That's what he said a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And I remember thinking, like, what if this guy just, like, freaked out because I couldn't show him his homepage? Like, what if he just, like, threw a fit and just chucked his computer through the window? What if he threw a fit and attacked me or called called my boss because I was not a very good um, associate for him? Or what if I changed his homepage to to google instead of msn told him it was fixed and he came back and freaked out like what would he do what would he say is he is he a sweet old man or is he one of those angry guys that loses his shit the moment something doesn't go the way he wants it to so my brain starts coming up with these dumb scenarios of like what if this guy did this what if i did that no i don't know what that's called i don't know that's if, <laughs> if that's just me being a crazy person and that's what you want to know i don't punch p- people i'm a pacifist at heart no matter how much I imagine kicking somebody's ass, I'd much prefer to do it with my words than with my fists. Um, you know, it's not to say I'm, I'm a good fighter, but I think diplomacy is always better than violence. Uh, but, you know, I don't just go around imagining punching old ladies or, or making fun of people's accents or anything. But my brain is curious. That mimicry is so easy. Or it's or because, like, maybe in the moment I'm bored, I don't know what that is. But those are the ones I'm afraid of, or the ones where I'm just like, what if I just did this, like, right now? Sometimes someone talking to me I just think, like, what if I just like ripped ass, like right here? <laughs> what if I, what if I just cut one real loud right in front of this person? Would that change how they look, how they looked at me for the rest of our life? <laughs> you know, or would they think I'm funny and they, they're like, oh gosh, he did it first, now I can feel better about doing it. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said ripped ass on my podcast before, but <laughs> there, there we go. Oh, that reminds me of, I, I took a note about something else. Uh, uh, where, where where is it? And uh, one of the uh, in a podcast coming up. I don't know if this episode is going to come out before the other one, but um, I said the quote "tears from my butt." I don't know why I said that. I have to go back and listen to it again. If this episode comes out before that, and you're wondering why I'm laughing about it, just listen for the. N- it's up somewhere. It'll be there. So just. You get bonus points. Let me know if you find the podcast episode says Tears From My Butt in it because I think that's really funny. And I don't know why I said it, but I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget that I said it. So in this case, <laughs> it's not exactly Tears From My Butt, but that's how you build strong relationships. Listen, put this on a t-shirt. All right? you ready? Your... <laughs> to build better relationships, you must speak from your butt. There you go. Speak from your butt build strong relationships something like that you can figure it out um, but that's about it I, th- <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop uh, but overall like there are different what ifs uh, there's if onlys. there's what ifs there's the upward counterfactual thinking and there's downward counterfactual thinking and of course whatever the crazy thoughts I have are and those what ifs I don't know what those are I didn't look into them but uh, I just want to share those because I thought they were interesting um, but even so in those instances, it's probably better that you don't run most of them, especially if they're violent or, or weird or embarrassing. You don't take a chance. Although you might be able to squeeze them into a conversation to see, maybe test the waters to see what if. You know, you could ask, like, hey, what if I, what if I ripped ass earlier when we were talking? Would you have thought that was weird? <laughs> see, because then you can ask. You can make it a conversation. Um, but, but anyway, downward counterfactual thinking. Good for positivity. Upward counterfactual thinking, not so good, especially if you can't get past that first phrase, if only. Um, So if you're at a point right now in your life where you're thinking, man, if I'd only done this, I would be here. Well, guess what? You didn't. And that's okay. Um, You're where you are now. You won't always be there unless you like where you are. But if you're thinking back now and thinking, if only I had done this, then clearly you're not happy with where you are now and you don't have to stay there. Right now, the present version of you is going to be the past version of you later, and the future version of you is going to look back on that person and think, if only I had taken action then. If only I had taken this motivation or this demotivation that I'm feeling from these what ifs and did something with it then. Now I'm late. I'm late to doing it again. I'm stuck. I've been in the same place for years. If only I had then. And you don't have to be that. You can break that chain right now. You can break that cycle by changing what you want right now. It doesn't have to be a big change. Like that, That's the thing that I think makes all this so hard is because we're so used to seeing big changes on the Internet, big changes on TV, big changes in other people's lives or changes that we think are big. We only ever notice the big ones in our friends' lives or family's lives. But that was a compilation of a lot of small changes mostly. Now there are some big changes that just, that just happen, and I don't want to um, uh, make light of that. But right now, if you're stuck in a situation where like, don't let what if slow you down. Cause right now you might be like, what if I try and I fail? Who the hell cares? <laughs> what if you sit and do nothing? How about that? What if you sit and do nothing? You know, more often than not, the world's not going to be brought to you. And, you know, they, they always, um, there's an old saying that said if ifs and buts were candy and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas right um and uh you're not always gonna have a merry christmas i suppose if you don't go out there and get them them candy and them nuts (laughs) all right so um hopefully that that helps in some way hopefully um maybe you're making changes right now maybe just little ones whether it's taking a class somewhere, or maybe just walking for five minutes a day, or maybe getting up ten minutes early, or maybe making your bed when you usually don't. It doesn't have to be anything big. It really, really doesn't. You know, maybe it'll be this time I'm not going to stop for coffee on the way to work. Maybe this time I'll i will drink tea before I leave. It could be anything, no matter what it is, it's in your power, in your control. You have it. You've got this. You are in control. Nobody else dictates you. And... You know, I know it sounds cliche, but you can do it, and you're going to be okay. I believe in you, and you should too. So, on that note, everybody, sincerely, thank you for um, being here with me on this journey, on this, on this podcast journey that I have, and um, I hope that you're enjoying it. Uh, I always ask for reviews, and I think it'd be great. If you wouldn't mind sharing it with somebody, if you actually do like it, if you like the content, it would mean the world to me if you said, hey, why don't you check out this dude's podcast? He's he's new he's trying to build build a, a following that would mean the world to me if again just one small change is me just asking i'm um, asking more than what i usually do this is me saying hey if you wouldn't mind please share this with one person and is an episode that you really loved and say hey would you listen to this on your way to work tell me what you think share with adam what you think whatever um, i'm also on instagram now if you guys want to check that out uh, just look up shares a lot on instagram i'm also on the twitter the Twitter um, it's, um Adam shares a lot uh, if you just type in shares a lot I'm sure you'll find me um, or you know what's the brand in the heart you'll see it um, but outside of that uh, sincerely you guys are great um, and I really do truthfully hope that you are taking care of your mind and taking care of your heart and really really looking out for each other and taking care of each other because you know the, some people some people will be too scared to make any sort of change without having somebody by their side to keep them motivated and to make them feel strong. And you could either be that person or you may need to have that person. But, you know, either way, help take care of each other out there. And I hope that you're safe, and I'll talk to you soon.